Hello everybody, this is Captain Katz. And we are Katz. Alright, and welcome back to the show. Okay, so we got a lot of talk to uh, talk about today, so we're just going to get to it. Um, first and foremost, um, Love, Death, and Robots. The second season just was released this past Friday as a recording. What did you think of it? Wow, that was real quick. Well... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. It was eye candy. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Eye candy was. Yeah. But when it comes to uh, uh, content, um, well, it didn't have those types of stories that was, uh, forgive me for saying this, a mind fuck. Like the first season. Right. Genuine, like, what the hell moments, you know, with the stories and stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 There's a lack of it here. Right. You know, and um, and some of the, most, most of them were, like, shorter weren't they? Um, the average one was like about 12 minutes. The longest was 18 minutes. The shortest one was 7 minutes. Well, you're saying on average, but when I saw the... Wasn't it like 4, 5, 6 minutes? And, 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 and what... Because and, and, well, there was one of them. Uh, the last one, the, the Tall Giant. Mm-hmm. That one, I think they were trying to go for existentialism. Mm-hmm. You know, like... um. Well, I'm sure people saw it already, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that dead dude who happens to be a giant, mm-hmm. you know, washing the shore on the scene, this, the only one who kind of sees it through an abstract, humanistic point of view is that the narrator who happens right. to be, a, what, an archaeologist or something? something? I don't know. Something like that? They or never explained what he was. never explained? No. Well, to me, that's kind of like, okay, that's their take on Gulliver's Travel, except... When Gulliver reaches the land of the Lilliputians, he's naked and he drowned. And what do the Lilliputians do? Let's have fun with the body. Yay! And then, you know, they focus on one of them who doesn't see him, see the, the giant as, you know, a plaything. Right. And life goes on. Mm. Weirdly, you know. Butcher Shop has one of his bones there and like, hey. Yeah. Not really much to think about. Mm-hmm. Cause that type of story has kind of been done before. No, oh, yeah. So I was kind of like, okay, a good analogy. Okay, you know, you, you know, you're drinking booze and you have a great buzz, and it's good. You know, there's some beers that make you feel really good when you have a buzz. There are some other beers, like I had in the past. It wasn't so good. I was mad, so the buzz was not a good buzz. It was a mad buzz. Like, I'm angry. This one is kind of like, okay, you're still drinking, but the buzz is fading. Right. And it's not going to really, it's, it's kind of fading, and it's not really coming back up. Right. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be enough for it to make a third, maybe also a fourth season, but um, other than the wonderful visuals... Um, Content-wise, of, of of some of the most of the stories, it's like mm, they could have done better. Right. You know, that's all they could they could have done better. They could have had, you know, more to think about. You know. Yeah. Right. Like like the first season with a bunch of mind f's. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like honestly, like like I agree with you with uh, the art. The art. The art and the visualization and everything like that, extremely gorgeous. 
extremely extremely gorgeous but the storytelling the meat and the bone and everything like that i think it was really weak here um a good yeah like i said a good example the the, the example that you put with the the the, the, the giant um the drowning giant it was just a sadistic twist on well it's just a simple twist of hey what if in gulliver travel hey what if gulliver drowned yeah, that's, that's great originality there. Um, not only that, but also um, you had other stories where they started out really good, they were really interesting, but they tripped at the finish line. Um, good example that cyberpunk, no, not cyberpunk, that futuristic uh, utopia one, where the people were um, the only way that they could um do this or well, to stay young was to do this uh, rent, uh do this one thing where they um um keep themselves young but the only way that they can keep young they have to kill off the useless people that includes kids but Although it was a good story, it was really good. It wasn't until like the last five, six, like the last five minutes of it. That's where it just like it tripped and it stumbled and it wumbled and he just didn't know what he wanted to do. And then they did the classic cliche noir type of ending. And it's just like, eh, I was like, ah, really, really had to go that ending. Just, just really. What about that, uh, but, but, but the story, with, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but like I was saying, but other than that, there were some stories that were really good, like the Tall Grass, which was pretty original. I liked it. Mm. Um, the one with Santa Claus, that one was interesting. The one with uh, Michael B. Jordan was a, a, an interesting one. There's the one about the ro- uh, the space pilot makes it to uh, uh, to a, a, sh- a shelter, and then like the robot was messed up, and so saw him as the threat, even though it was an ally thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, so it reminded me of uh, that one. I think I commented that one movie with uh, I think it was called The Red Planet mm-hmm. with Tom Sizemore and Clary Ann Moss. I forgot who the lead was. Mm-hmm. Well, they were there, and right. you know, they had a module, and uh, you're like, hey, let's check damage on the module, right? And it turns out that module suddenly had a glitch and then a malfunction, and then saw all the you know, the mission as enemies. Mm-hmm. So that's what it kind of reminded me of. Mm. Well, it was still pretty good. It was, it was still pretty good, but yeah. Well, I do admit it was it was good. Yeah. Overall, like even though there was like a lot of misses and hits on this one, um, it was really short. There was only a couple studios, unlike uh, season one, where there was a lot of different studios, a lot of different stories, a lot of different art styles, a lot of different good positive things. Um, and a lot of different genres. This one was just kind of like, um, let's just pick to simple ones and just wing it as we go. But we gotta make it beautiful. What about storytelling? We'll fling stuff to the wall and see what sticks. That's what basically I felt season two was. That, that That's what I felt season two. Um, but besides that, uh, Besides that, um, watch season two. I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. Uh, season two wasn't that bad, but they could have done better. 
They could have oh. done way a lot better because if you go go watch season two, then go watch season one. Huge different. You will see a huge difference in terms of storytelling, animation, art direction, and everything. You know, season two does have that spirit, the artistic spirit. It's just everything else is just like, oh, we can ditch everything to the curve. Let's just put all our money into the art. Well, what about storytelling? Uh, like I said, we'll stick stuff to the wall and see what works. See what sticks, and then we'll just work with that. Mm. That's how I felt like what season two was. Well, I'm sure it'll be successful enough to merit maybe one. Two, no, they said more that, than one. You know, like no, season no, three. Season no, four, they two. said no. They said they already stated that they already have a season three in development, and it's supposed to come out next year. Hmm. So I'm thinking Netflix might. Push that back and just say, you know what? We saw what we messed up in season two. We, we got to do better on season three. Mm. But I could be wrong. But still. Yeah. But still. Um, yeah, moving right along from there. From one thing to another. Sega. So, Sega's been in the news for the past couple of weeks, stating, uh, well, more bad than good, but um, but it has been stated over the weekend, there's been rumors that Sega is going to resurrect three IPs, and it is rumored that these three IPs are uh, Jet Set Radio, Crazy Taxi, and Space, Space Channel 5. Uh, what do you think of those? And speculations and stuff like that. Come back into the console market and bring them back better. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that because three IP. I mean, they got a bunch of good IPs for the Dreamcast. Yeah. You know, especially uh, well, especially the, the the Japanese imports. I mean, whoosh. right. But you know, just those three alone is just. Well, I mean, they're heavy hitters. They're, they're obviously heavy hitters. Well, yeah, like, um, out of the three, Jet Set Radio was the much beloved of the three. Uh, yeah, Jet Set Radio was, the, was yeah, the much the most, the most much beloved of the three. There was a huge cult following for that one. Um, and surprisingly, same thing with Space Channel 5. Um, even though the gameplay was not the greatest, I should know. I played it. I love Space Channel 5. I love it because even though the gameplay is stupid, dumb, and idiotic, it has this whimsical, lovable charm that you just can't help but fall in love with. Not only that, but you also have one of the most original characters that came out of that era of the Dreamcast with Oolala. Um, and just that personality... With the game and the nonsense that went with the game, it was really good. It was it was a really great cult classic game that went under the radar, even though that they promoted the hell out of it. It was one of those games that kind of went, went under the. No. What about Bassman, the fish game? No, that actually had more love than than Space Channel Five. Weird. And Seaman. Um. That's what Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, really good game. Weird game, but really good as, as well. Um, and then you had Crazy Taxi. Crazy Taxi was... 
uh, here's the thing with Crazy Taxi. It came out first in the arcade, and then it was ported into the Dreamcast. The game saw more... It was more loved as an arcade game than it was in a dream than it than than a Dreamcast game, even though it did sell a lot of copies in the Dreamcast. Um, it was just more beloved in the arcades than the Dreamcast. Mm. Yeah. So th- it's this is still interesting. This is still um, still speculation. Personally, me, if I was Sega, I would just rather right just come out with the Sega with the Saturn Mini and the Dreamcast Mini. Get that out of the way. If they want to give these games a, a new lease on life. Do it that way, you know. Or maybe you 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 guys released the Astro City. You guys released the 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 Mega Drive Mini. Maybe learn a thing or two from like um, those those uh, Chinese, you know, like Pandora boxes and stuff like that. Yeah. Like may, maybe give those mini consoles internet access so you can get more games out of it. You know, the expandable memory. Put some more games to it or swap them. I don't know. Don't give no. away the good stuff. Oh, come on. <laughs> Calm down. Most people know of it. That's why you got the Astro Mini because, you know, you, you want to buy the official product. Well, mm-hmm. give these official products some, like more Oompa. Hell, I mean, if they did make a Dreamcast Mini, bring back SegaNet. That's true. I mean, hell, what if they put bust out the, uh, you know, um, Fantasy Star Online? There you go. Yeah, that's true. That would make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. That's true, but we well, yeah, you know, we would have a better chance of that than getting a PS Five and an Xbox, the new Xbox systems. Yeah, I'm already well. I'm already invested in the um, what was it, the Raspberry Pi Four. Yeah, so but, I'm just tinkering with that guy. I mean, and and even still, um, no PS Five. I just stopped caring. <laughs> and we're in what May? Yeah, I mid May. I just stopped caring. All I right. stopped caring when I went invested in the Pi Four. I can tell you that. Yeah. So, yay, way. Okay. So moving right along from gaming to comics, from comics, uh, Frank Miller is back in the limelight again because uh, not too long ago we talked about Sin City turning thirty. Mm-hmm, and how you failed on getting an original product. Yes, don't remind me. Um, turns out another uh, important book that he wrote is Turning 35, and that is his now iconic legendary masterpiece of his rendition of Batman. It is The Dark Knight. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Um, why is this such an important series because it came out in 1986 which the year that supposedly comic books grew up that that was the year when comics weren't for kids anymore um frank miller's take on batman was just so mature raw barbaric you know even to the point of being sadistic Especially in that now iconic, i-famous um, scene when he was fighting in the mud. And he gave out that one monologue. Mm. You know. Um, what made this comic really interesting and really different was that this was an older Bruce Wayne. We actually saw Bruce Wayne um, 
um, gave up the mantle. This is after when Jason Todd died. You know, um, not only that, but we, you know, we see everyone else within the Batman mythos aged from Superman to Wonder Woman. From Selena Kyle to Joker, Joker went. Joker went sane. He checked himself in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Alfred is dead in this one. Uh, Gordon retired, I think. Yeah, um, but other than that, it was just it just showed so much. No, I know Alfred's still alive. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, um, yeah, we got a new. This is this is the first time we were introduced to the female Robin, the legendary uh, Carrie Kelly. Um, yeah, you had Gordon. You still had Two Face. You had a Joker, the mutant leader. That was the one. Um, yeah, it was just crazy. It, it was just. It was just crazy. But what made it such a landmark was that it was dark. It showed, hey, you can tell, you can do a good Batman story, you know, in this type of tone. And it set the precedent for years to come for the way Batman was told, you know. So that that that's what makes this comic so great, so good. Not only that, but there was also some spinoffs and sequels. You know, like the Dark Knight Strikes Again, the Dark Knight Three, the Master Race, uh, All Star Batman, and Robin, and also the uh, four issue series uh, Batman Year One. So, so it is great, you know. So, like I said, this was this was a really great book. If you haven't read it, go take the time, find it. You can buy the graphic novel for it. Um, if you want a recommendation of it, get the 30th anniversary edition. Um, if you want to spend money, you can get the 2002 edition, the noir edition. Um, or the Absolute Edition. I would recommend any of those three. They were really good, but expensive. They're really, really expensive. Um, not only that, but the last thing we're going to be talking about today is Craftworks. If you don't know who Craftworks is, Craftworks is basically uh, a German group from um, Dusseldorf, Dusseldorf, Germany. And they are considered to be the found. They consider to be the blueprint and the inspiration for the electronic synth wave, synth pop, um, like electro pop, the art pop, the avant-garde pop t- uh, type of music that has been playing today. Um, a good example of this would just be like. Um, Oh man, mostly any of the club music scene in the past 20 years that plays electric or electronica or synth wave, synth pop, electric pop, any of that. 
all can go back to this group, Craftworks. And the reason why we're bringing them up is because just recently they've been announced at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that they have, after six, seven years of trying to get in, they are officially in as an early influencer category. In the early influencer category. And deservedly so. The group's been around since 1969. They created crazy classic hits of music such as uh, Autobahn, Trans Euro Express, The Man Machine, and of course, and of course Computer World, which actually turns 40 this year. Um, they also came out with other great albums such as Electric Cafe, Wolfgang Floor. Oh, no, no, that's one of the creators, uh, Wolfgang Floor. But uh, Electric Cafe and also the uh, Tour de France, which was a very interesting, um, very interesting, very, very interesting album, um, which was the soundtrack to the Tour de France of 2003 at the time. So, you know, and they, they do have a lot of good albums, you know. Like for, like I said, they had the Craftworks that came out in 1970. Then you had Craftworks 2, Ralph Flooring, Autobahn, Radioactive, Trans Europe Express, Mind Machine, Computer World, Electronic Cafe, The Mix Sessions, and Tour de France soundtrack. Not only that, um, they've won a lot of awards. For like Lifetime Achievement Award, the Hall of Fame of Autobahn, um, the Best Dance Electronica album, the 3D catalog, and uh, two years ago. So, congratulations to them. They heavily deserved. Um, what do you think of this? What do you think of Crossworks and their legacy that they left? That 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 they're still trailblazing and still leaving the more instructions of how to make electronic music now. Uh well to be quite honest when you uh when I listened to their first album I was like what the hell is this stock music until I saw the year and when I saw the year I was like holy crap yeah they were way ahead of their time way ahead of their time and they're doing like early nineties like um well back then in the nineties it was like what crappy you know stock music mm-hmm. so I'm so I'm like whoa <laughs> oh all the way back but this was all the way back yeah but it was well made it was well crafted it was well put together mm-hmm. and uh, obviously it influenced the, the stock music market but it also is a, a influence to like electronic electronic music of course you know I was hearing things that like oh wait I heard this somewhere before but this mm-hmm. album was brand new when I heard it you know in like you know in the 2010s and 2020s compared to you know the 19 early the early 80s like psh, these guys were way ahead of their time Oh, no, not only that, too, but they influenced a lot of groups over the years. They they influenced Gary Newman, John Fox, um, Ultravox, The Human League, Depeche Mode, Soft Cell. Um, They've been quite possibly one of the most sampled groups of all time. A good example, Planet Rock by Africa Bumbada. Um... All, like the bass and some other stuff came from Crossworks. Um, not only that, but also the, the hip hop scene in the eighties and the nineties took a lot of Crossworks mu- music and just threw it in there. Um, 
also other artists in that same genre went in there too like for example the apex twins as well um daft punk like they they inspired daft punk and daft punk and prodigy and all that um but oh, prodigy yeah i'm the fire start but not only that too but also the type of music that they were making at the time the type of 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 style and everything you could still hear in in the music today like um LDC sound system they they did they did a couple tracks that kind of like sounded like um of robots hell even a group from Chile called um San Jose San Jose y su no Señor Coco yes like yeah it was like Senor Coco and Su Banda or something like that. I can't remember. But I listened to it and they did an entire um Senor Coconut. Yeah, like Oh, the album was El Baile Alemán. Yeah, there we go. Senor Coconut y Su Conjunto. Yeah, that was released in nineteen ninety nine. And they did cumbias and stuff like that. They did cumbias, merengue, cha cha cha, salsa, with Kraftwerk's music. <laughs> it, it, it is a trip. It is a trip. Gotta listen to that if you guys have a chance. But uh, other than that, it was really good. It, they're really, 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 really good. You know. So, like I said, congratulations to them. They heavily deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And if you haven't heard of this group, do yourself a favor. If you want a good recommendation of albums that you should listen to, take your pick on any of them. But if you want to listen to what's considered to be like the most popular one and the most influential ones, uh, listen to The Mad Machine from 1975. No, 1978. Computer World, 1981. Um, the Tour de France soundtrack because it was they actually did it for the actual Tour de France in 2003 and uh, Craftworks 1 and 2 from 1970 to 1972 um, Autobahn was also a really good one from 1974 and Radioactivity 1975 and uh, Trans Euro Express in 1977 um, a lot of good albums the, the, their albums were great they're classics and everything but uh, my personal pick, um, I would I would pick uh, Man Machine from 1978 and Computer World 1981. So, if you guys have the time, um, if you like, if you guys have time during the week or in the weekend, listen to both of those albums. Both albums clock in just barely a little bit over 30 minutes each. So, sit down, have an hour and a half to yourself. Listen to Man Machine and and uh, Computer World, and you see what everybody was talking about and how influential Kraftwerk's were. Yeah, don't be surprised if it heard like something you've heard before, because you're gonna be like, they started it, mm-hmm. and they did. Yeah, like a uh, good example in uh, Computer World, there was a song that's literally there's a track that's literally titled uh, Computer Calculator, and they actually used uh, the Texas. The, the Texas Instrumental uh, calculator and they use it to make music 
Because they beeped. Yeah, the beeps and all that stuff, and the programming. So they made a musical instrument out of it. Yeah, pretty much. They humanized it. So. Alright, so there you go. That's it. Thank you guys so much for listening to us this week. I hope you guys had a wonderful time. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe out there. Keep wearing your mask. We're almost through this um, this global pandemic. But we just got to hang in there a little bit more. If you haven't gotten your shots, go ahead. Go get your shots. But stay frosty. Yeah. And uh, until then, we'll be back next week for more crazy, riveting tales of the world of the internet and pop culture and whatnot. So until then, I am Captain Cats. And we are Cats. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have a wonderful time. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Physical, social distancing alike. And we'll be back next week with you. Until then, take care. Have a good one. Yo-ho!